Let Me Google That is sponsored by Water Cooler Trivia. Water Cooler Trivia's team of curious and clever humans creates personalized trivia quizzes that make the virtual water cooler much more fun. Whether you want a little bit of everything trivia game that your team will love, only topics that are super specific to your company or industry, everything from owls to microbiology to warehouse conveyor systems, or themed quizzes for certain times of the year or special events, I know you'll get your dream trivia game from Water Cooler. Because... Fun fact, I'm actually one of the humans who writes your questions. So go say hey to our friends at watercoolertrivia.com and get a four-week free trial with no credit card required. Tell them Let Me Google That sent ya. For Valentine's Day, there's no shortage of origin stories or traditions or topics that we could discuss, but I really want to dive into the candy aspect of this holiday because as somebody who's not much of a chocolate person i always really liked valentine's day as a kid not because people were handing out the little paper valentines although the ones that were like boy band and britney spears i do fondly remember but i was really in it for the candy because valentine's day was one of those holidays that's candy related where it wasn't all about chocolate i mean maybe when you're older and you get like the heart-shaped box of chocolate but I loved the little chalky conversation hearts. You know, the little, they came in a little box. They had little sentiments on them, like true love and be mine and all of that. I loved them. And I think I'm in the minority here. Um, I think people are pretty divided on them because they do have a very distinct taste and maybe it is an acquired taste. Anyway, it got me thinking about the fact that I really had no idea where they came from and I didn't even really know how long they'd been around except that I was pretty sure everybody kind of knew about them. Like my parents had had them, my grandparents had like, you know, they, obviously they'd been around a long time because it was just this like cultural staple. So in order to get to the root here, we've got to go all the way back to Boston in 1847. There's this pharmacist and his name is Owen Chase. And he's trying to meet the increasing demand for apothecary lozenges, which were mostly used for maladies like sore throats. It was a really brilliant concept. Basically, take a shitty tasting medicine, add a little sugar, make it into a little candy-like thing, and then for five seconds, people forget they're even taking drugs. It sounded like a winning idea in theory, but as Chase found... In practice, it was a real pain in the ass to make them, especially to make enough of them for everybody who wanted them. So this was before the boom of modern mass manufacturing. So you have to imagine how hard it was for pharmacists to be compounding everything by hand. So Chase had had enough and decided to innovate by attempting to make a machine that could at least cut down on the handiwork requirement. Namely, he wanted to invent a machine that could cut the little lozenges. And while it was intended just to make the little medicated candies, the device essentially was America's first candy-making machine. Now, when he realized what he had done, he did the only sensible thing and started his own company to fully capitalize on his invention. It began simply as the Chase Company and eventually was renamed the New England Confectionery Company, or NECO for short. So the non-medicated version of his lozenges became a candy 
actually on their own, and they were called Necco wafers. Now, after making the lozenges and wafers for more than a decade, Owen's brother Daniel came up with a way to print words on the wafers, because why not? <laughs> now, there are a few theories as to his inspiration, but most of them were at least tangentially related to Valentine's Day, or romance at least. So during this era, paper Valentine cards were becoming particularly popular, very fancy and ornate, and actually becoming mass-produced. So it might well have been that Daniel Chase was just like, how about we just put these little romantic regards on a chalky wafer? And he wasn't the first person to put words on candy. This was something that was already happening with these little candies called cockles, which had a motto that was actually printed on a piece of paper that was inside of it. Sort of like a fortune cookie. Now, of course, Daniel's idea to put it right on the candy itself with a little bit of vegetable dye was way cooler. So they were called motto lozenges or conversation candies. And originally they were just discs. They were not shaped like a heart. They weren't shaped like anything other than they were just kind of round or oblong like a lozenge. Though there were other candy novelty shapes that were sort of becoming popular as more people were using this process. And so by 1902, the Chases figured out that they would have a very solid market if they made little candy hearts and wrote stuff on them. Now, what's really funny here is that when I think about conversation hearts, I think about like really bad abbreviations for things because they're very, very like short and small, like it's two words max. But the original wafers that had words printed on them had like sentences printed on them and in fact some of them were so long that they had to like be on both sides of the wafer so you would read one and then turn it over i don't know kind of like a popsicle stick with a joke on the back um but a few that i found were how long shall i have to wait please be considerate and then this one which was double-sided which on the front said why is a stylish girl like you a thrifty housekeeper? And then the answer was on the other side, and it said, because she makes a big bustle out of a little waist. But it's waist spelled W-A-I-S-T, like little waist, big bustle, bustle being like on the back of your dress where your booty is. Anyway, you know what? I'm gonna let him have that one. It was kind of sassy, but I like it. I'm gonna let him have it. Anyway, so Necco became the candy manufacturer for candy hearts, and this monopoly lasted for like 100 years. And at the height of its success, it was putting out like 8 billion candy hearts a year. And then in 2018, Necco actually went bankrupt, but was ultimately saved by a company called Spangler. And so now candy hearts are still in production, and the phrases do kind of stay the same, but they adapt to the time. So example... The ones that used to say fax me became email me, became text me, and then I don't know, like now they may be going to be like FaceTime me. I don't know what they say. Um, The only thing that really changed, and I have to say, even though I am an adult and I really have no reason to even keep getting these little candies, uh, in the last couple of years, they changed the recipe. Now, I for one really liked them because they kind of tasted a little bit stale. They had a very distinct sort of crunchiness to them that wasn't quite right, but I liked it. And now they've made them smooth and they almost taste like a, I don't know, they almost taste like a milk of magnesia, like laxative tablet or something. I mean, they're all, oh, I don't, I'm so disappointed. But anyway, The original recipe, if it comes back, I would be all up on that. I'd buy like eight pounds of that stuff. 
Um, anyway, if you are team Candy Hearts, if you like Candy Hearts, definitely call in and let me know because I want to know I'm not alone. Or you can go on the Let Me Google That Twitter or Instagram I've posted about this episode for this week. Just weigh in in the comments. Let me know if you like these little candies or if you're like, ugh, no, I'll take the chocolate.